0: Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for February 3rd, 2023. The labor market is too hot to handle. The market for workers remains very tight and is supporting economic growth while concerns of a potential recession continue to build. Wages for employees are rising, which is great news for households, but makes it more challenging for the Fed to lower inflation. This week, The Fed raised rates again for the eighth time in a row. How much impact are these rate hikes having on the labor market? And what's our outlook for future rate hikes? This is Brian Kirk, and joining me today to talk through this key topic, we have Nationwide's Senior Vice President and Chief Economist, Kathy Boshancic, and Senior Economist, Ben Ayers. Let's start with you, Kathy. This was a big week for economic data, headlined by another rate increase from the Fed and a solid start to 2023 for job growth. What were your key takeaways from this data? Anything surprise you?
1: Well, thanks, Brian. It's been a very busy week for economic data. And as you said, highlighted by the Federal Reserve's decision to raise rates, just 25 basis points this time. So they dialed back from their previous increases, they had done a, a four consecutive increases, 75 basis points, dialed that back to 50, and now 25. I would say that Chairman Powell and the FOC policy statement first started out in a hawkish tone. So even though they dialed back, they said there's a lot more that they you know have to see on the inflation front in terms of prices cooling, and that there was further rate increases to come, and that once they did get to a level they were comfortable with, they would hold it at that level throughout 2023. We have been forecasting that they would raise rates to 5 to 5.25 percent, that target range. But as Chairman Powell spoke during his press conference, he sounded a bit less concerned about easing financial conditions, meaning the equity market rallying and and bond yields declining. And the reason that matters is because that's a key conduit by which monetary policy is passed through to the real economy. So if financial conditions are easing while the Federal Reserve is raising rates, there's a chance that it's less effective and inflation could stay higher for longer. Uh, But as he went through the press conference, he seemed less concerned about that and even said that, well, we only need a few more rate increases. So that would still be consistent with their forecast and our forecast. But that he emphasized that, I think, allowed the markets to rally and uh, to get excited basically that the Fed is nearly done, and and still hold on to the view that the bond market has had that come the second half of the year there'll be cutting rates because inflation is going to come down a lot and maybe we have slower growth. Now we kind of fast forward a few days to Friday when we get the the January employment report, and that really ended up being the real shocker for the week. We saw job gains of over five hundred thousand, five hundred seventeen thousand to be precise, and we saw upper divisions to the previous employment gains stretching back to June. So now the labor market looks even stronger than than previously thought. Gains were widespread across the private sector, and we also had some gains in the public sector, but across the board in manufacturing and goods sector and also services. We also saw the unemployment rate as a consequence fall back to 3.4%, and that's the lowest unemployment rate in 53 years and it's a, it's a new cycle low. We also saw the work week expand. So average work week, weekly hours rose three-tenths of an hour to 34.7. That's a big monthly increase. And I think that the net takeaway from all of that is that we're seeing more workers hired and all workers are working more hours. So that really is quite a strong combination of of work effort and the fact that average hourly earnings they continue to moderate uh it was only up three tenths on the month and that's good news because previously we saw much more rapid gains in average hourly earnings but year to year the gain is still above four percent four point four pre-pandemic that was three percent and I think the question going forward is are we really going to see continued moderation in wage growth? Is what the Federal Reserve wants because they're concerned if we have too strong of wage growth, that's actually going to elevate inflation and, and not allow it to, to go lower. Are we really able to, with such low unemployment rates, strong labor demand, really able to get wage growth to, to continue to moderate? The last thing I would say from all of this is, is that the labor market still remains very strong amid signs that real estate is still in recession, manufacturing activities um, contracting, and also non-residential investment activity is cooling. But what we did see is the ISM services report showed that service activity is now back to expanding. We had a, a brief dip into uh, contraction in, in December, but that's come back quite strongly. So it shows the service side of the economy still running strong along with the labor market.
0: Thanks, Kathy. That's a great recap of the events this week. Ben, care to elaborate? I mean, let's ask you if there's anything that stood out from this week's data. Also, can you provide an update on the state of labor supply right now, which has been highly constrained over the past few years?
2: Yeah, great job, Kathy. We're running through some of the high level numbers. You know, some of the secondary numbers that we got from the labor market were pretty strong as well. Within the December JOLTS data, you know, job openings jumped again, rising over 11 million. And, you know, you're looking at the initial jobless claims, those dropped again down to 183,000. So, continuing to see signs of very tight labor conditions, not as much impact, I think, on demand from employers for workers as we would expect given the sharp rate increases that we've seen over the year and being consistent with the very strong job numbers that we got in january you know getting to your question on the labor supply there has been a little bit of good news there um, over the past couple months we've seen the civilian labor force rise about a million workers so there's more people coming into the labor force which is great and um, we also saw the participation rate climb to a pandemic high of 62.4. So clearly seeing that, you know, given the strong job openings and the strong wage gains that we're seeing, that there are some more people coming back in. But still, compared to pre-pandemic levels, we're still well below that. We're about a full percentage point lower than the pre-pandemic average for the participation rate. And we still have nearly two job openings for every unemployed worker out there. And still about half of small businesses reported fewer no-qualified applicants. Now, that's down from 60% of firms reporting that about a half year ago, but still half of small businesses reporting they're just not even getting qualified applicants for their job openings. That's not a great sign that we're getting back to better balance between the supply of labor and the demand of labor. And, and that really speaks again to what we're seeing with very strong wage gains. You know, Kathy mentioned we did see a smaller increase in average hourly earnings, but it's still up 4.4% over the past year. We, we saw a smaller increase for the Employment Cost Index in the fourth quarter of 2022, um, but that's still up 5% over the past year. Uh, and while all these are kind of coming down from some of the peaks that we had over 2022, all the wage measures are still much stronger than we'd have over, over a longer-term horizon. Uh, and as Kathy mentioned, that's putting some upper pressure on the inflation trends and certainly making the task of bringing inflation back to where we want it to be much more difficult for the Fed.
0: Thanks, Ben. Following up on previous comments that you and Kathy made there, Kathy, the tight labor market is adding to inflation trends through, of course, higher cost for services. And this may keep inflation higher for some time. How does this impact the Fed policy for the rest of the year? And what do these actions mean for our outlook on the economy?
1: Yeah, I think the data complicate the Fed Reserve's job. The longer that we see the strong labor market, while that seems like good news and and could help the Fed avoid recession and we have a soft landing, the other way that this affects uh, the economy, as you said, it, it it places upward pressure on inflation, especially for service costs, because the service side of the economy is is much more labor intensive than the goods side, and and also keep in mind that. The employment data this morning suggests that income gains are going to be quite strong in January. Add to the fact that overall inflation so far has been easing, that really, in real terms, could give uh, consumers some nice spending power. That's after real consumer spending contracting three of the last four months. So it may be that we see stronger growth for the economy and consumer spending in the near term in the first quarter than we thought. But that also will put pressure on inflation um, because it means that companies can charge more because the consumers have more income in in their pocket so all of this i think just delays further disinflation to the especially in the service side and and makes the fed more resolved to to raise rates i mean i think the risk is it could be the Fed funds rate needs to be lifted closer to five and a half percent. We're not changing our forecast at this point, but but that would be the risk. And again, certainly, if you think about the remaining months of the year, it's hard to imagine that the Fed Reserve, looking at these strong data, would be inclined to to cut rates unless inflation is really falling quite quite sharply. It's it's all about inflation, but. Again, when you look at these fundamentals, they don't seem to support continued you know, sharp falls in inflation. So I think, you know, in terms of the, the, the outlook, it may be that we get stronger growth now, but it actually increases chances for a harder landing somewhere towards the middle part of this year.
0: Well, if we do see a recession later this year, I guess that's going to mean some big changes for businesses. Ben, labor demand has remained strong to date. But there are some signs that firms are worried about weaker conditions ahead. Uh, what do the latest updates from the business sector tell us about hiring plans for the rest of the year?
2: Sure. You know, we've seen some you know headlines of job cuts and particularly in the tech sector, but in some other areas of the economy. But we haven't really seen that many businesses broadly cut workers. We, we already mentioned the low initial jobless claims that continues to decline. So that implies to us that while there may be some firms that are already starting to cut back in anticipation of weaker conditions ahead, most of those workers are probably finding a job pretty quickly given the high demand in other sectors. And and generally, we're not seeing a broad-based cuts yet. More firms are starting to maybe cut back on hiring first or or cut back on the number of hours worked, although obviously we already mentioned that didn't show up in the data for January. But in general, those are probably the first steps rather than actually starting to cut jobs. But we are hearing from firms that they're planning for worse times ahead. They're clearly looking at the tea leaves, and they're looking at potential for reduced sales and they're preparing that potentially they need to see some cuts later on. You look at survey data from both CEOs and CFOs that tells us that business leaders or at a point where they're seeing a recession coming later this year, you know, looking at the NFIB data for small businesses, you know, fewer business owners are planning to increase employment over the next six months than we've seen over the past couple of years. And most of them are saying now is not a good time to expand. So if you're not looking to increase employment, you're looking to expand your business, you're kind of in a hold spot. Uh, and right now, we're still in that point where they're not yet to the point where they're cutting many workers, but they're probably not going to be adding as many. Uh, and as we see more sectors slip into contraction, obviously, housing's been a contraction for most of the last year. Um, you know, manufacturing has shown signs of contraction recently. Services has kind of bounced around, but you know, still showing some signs of slower growth broadly across the economy. When you start to see those profits drop, especially in response to the high interest rates, we're going to see consumer spending slow, and I think that's going to have an impact on the hiring trends that we expect over the rest of the year you know while well, much of the focus within the jolt survey was on the high job openings we actually saw some reduced signs of of new hires and yet again that's kind of the progression that we're in here we're still at a very strong point from a demand standpoint from employers but eventually we're going to see them cut back on new hires they're going to cut back on worker hours and probably eventually start to see some job cuts if those recessionary conditions that we expect actually do unfold by the middle stage of this year. So we're not to the point where we're seeing the, the labor market rollover yet, um, but we're probably at the peak point and starting to see things deteriorate from here. Um, so, Kathy, I guess the last question we'll talk about today, given expectations that businesses are going to start to pull back on hiring soon, what you know, what's your outlook for what you see for the labor market for the next year? Where do you see the unemployment rate going? And are there any sectors that could be hit harder than others as we look forward to the outlook over 2023?
1: Yeah, I, you know, you made some really good points, Ben. That, that um, the survey data, whether it's JOLTS or the, the the small business survey, or even today's ISM services anecdotes uh, from supply managers, doesn't really match the strong employment gains that we saw in in the payroll data. The service sector reported that they are they're cautious and they are holding in on the reins of, of hiring. you know, When we were trying to make sense of the very low jobless claims that you cited uh, for this week, we were thinking that companies, um, okay, they may not be laying off workers in anticipation of a recession, but they would be slowing the pace of, of new hires. And the reason they wouldn't necessarily lay off is that it was so difficult to find skilled workers to begin with that there could be some labor hoarding. I think that still could be the case and maybe maybe jobless claims lose their kind of leading economic indicator status. Uh, But that said, today's data does give us a bit of pause. But as you said, as we go forward and and corporate earnings, which by the way, weren't very strong for the fourth quarter, and and it did show that revenue growth was slowing, you know, if that continues, that's going to put pressure on companies across the board to reduce costs and that quickest and, and biggest way to reduce costs is, is to reduce headcount. In terms of the sectors, it'll really, well, I think it will certainly um, leisure and hospitality and, and and healthcare. Those are two areas that have led the job gains post-COVID. And we saw that again this morning. So those would be sectors I, I would think that you would see some slowing in hiring, but also the very cyclical sectors. Real estate, clearly construction, but also sectors that that cater to consumers and, and particularly discretionary consumer. And we could also see manufacturing activity and manufacturing jobs increase in January, but overall we're seeing new orders uh, declining and, and manufacturing activity overall contracting, whether it's looking at the ISM survey or the industrial production data. So I guess in a sense, I would just say that We think it's still coming but this this morning's number was a bit of a head-scratcher but we still think that uh, one way or the other the Federal Reserve wants to cool things down and that means they may just have to do more um, and but eventually it would show up uh, in the labor market and really particularly the the cyclically sensitive sectors uh, of the economy but eventually really no sector would be really spared from from job losses.
0: Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there today for this podcast. Thank you, Kathy and Ben, for walking us through the data that we saw this week and for the implications for the labor market and the economy for the rest of this year. Join us next time for a deep dive into how recent changes in Washington, D.C. could potentially affect the economy this year. Be sure to subscribe to receive notifications when each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights... This is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice, or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023 Nationwide.